Please be in a spirit of prayer for the reading of God's word. Today's reading uh, from scripture is from the book of Lamentations. Reading from chapter 3, verses 17 through 23. I have been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone, and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Usually it's up here waiting for me, but uh, not this time. Okay. Uh, hey, Faith family, it's good to see you. You know, I'm, I'm wearing my costume. I'm a plaid pumpkin. Right? Okay. Anyway, it's great being with you, and uh, I, I love being your pastor, and I love you. I love being with you all today. And if you are new with us today, thank you for coming. Uh, it's a hard thing to come to a new church for the first time whether you're in person or online. And uh, I always like to invite you to uh, check out this webpage of ours, faithwestwood.com forward slash Sunday links. And just go and explore, see what we have. And one thing you can do there is uh, sign up for my Faith Walk class. It's coming up, I think, a week from Saturday. And uh, it's, it's kind of about the basics of following Jesus and also preparing to, be, uh, to move from being a participant to also being a partner in our church. Um, now, all this month in October, uh, there's a prayer we've been praying in worship. And so this will be the last time we use this prayer. But it's about discerning God's will for us about our future denomination. So let's, uh, let's pray together now, shall we? Holy and gracious God, in your mercy, you have called Faith Westwood to be a community of Jesus' people, saved by grace through faith. Good and kind Father, let us not forsake the love we had at first. And if we have forsaken that love, we repent. Lord Jesus, we want to love you, keep your commands, and follow in your steps. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. As we enter this time of discernment about our denominational affiliation, make us wise through the Holy Scriptures so we do not just listen to what we want to hear. Save us from being deceived by the evil one. As we make our individual decisions, help us to do so not based on sentiment or anger or wishful thinking, 
but based on your will for us. May every word we say and every action we take be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, Trish and I have been watching lately uh, the new Lord of the Rings series called Rings of Power. Anybody else watching it? Apparently not. <laughs> Maybe one or two. Uh, anyway, on Friday, we finished watching all eight episodes for the second time. By the way, I still say that, my, uh, that the Lord of the Rings first moved me first movie, Fellowship of the Ring, is my favorite movie of all time. I guess that makes me nerd of the rings, right? <laughs> and just like the original movies, in the Rings of Power, the elves are experts with a bow. In one scene, Arendir takes an arrow and sets it, the tip of it on fire, and he pulls the bowstring back and lets it fly high uh, to a tower where it precisely strikes a rope, which then burns the rope and breaks it and somehow sends the entire tower tumbling down. Nice shot, Elf. The archer's hand was steady and the aim was true, and the, and the arrow faithfully completed its purpose. Now, I share that scene because it creates, I think, a vivid picture of steady, true, and faithful. This is the, the final Sunday in our series, Good Morning, This is God. And in this six-week series is based on one of the foundational verses of the Old Testament, Exodus 34, 6. Uh, now, earlier in Exodus, God demonstrates his power and forces Pharaoh to release the Israelites from slavery. And when they get to Mount Sinai, they accept the Lord's offer and enter into a covenant to be his people. And then... Moses goes up high on the mountain for 40 days to receive God's law. And while he's gone, the people get kind of itchy, restless. So they go to Moses' brother Aaron and, and, and talk him into to fashioning a golden calf for them to worship. And, of course, the Lord sees this, and he's not very happy. He gets angry. He considers going with plan B, getting rid of these unfaithful, fickle Israelites, and then starting over with Moses and his descendants. But Moses denies that. that. He, he wants, so let's just stick with plan A, Lord, and, and that's how it happens. Now, Moses also asks for a fuller glimpse of God's glory. So they set it up, and, and Mo, Moses is in the crevice of a rock, and, and the Lord passes briefly in front of him and while that happens Moses hears these words the Lord the Lord the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness this formula is echoed many times throughout the Old Testament now, we, 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 there's some harsh stuff in the Old Testament, but we, I think we always have to read it through the filter of this revelation of who God is. Now, I want to say each one of these characteristics of God separately, and after each one, let's all join in with a shout of praise the Lord. 
You, you willing? You ready? Here we go. The Lord is compassionate. Praise the Lord. The Lord is gracious. Praise the Lord. The Lord is slow to anger. Praise the Lord. The Lord is abounding in love. Praise the Lord. The Lord is abounding in faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Well, today we're going to focus on the Lord is abounding in faithfulness. What does that mean? Well, abounding is pretty simple. It, it could also, you could translate it, the Lord is full of faithfulness, rich in faithfulness, overflowing in faithfulness. What is the faithfulness of God? Let's take a look. In Genesis uh, chapter 32, Jacob is, is scared because he's about to reunite with his twin brother Esau, whom he has cheated more than once. There's bad blood between brothers. Jacob's now been gone for 14 years, and who knows what Esau might do if he's still angry. So Jacob sends messengers on ahead to tell Esau that, that his twin brother's coming with all his family and his livestock and his, all his worldly possessions. So the messengers return and say, good news, your brother's on his way to meet you. Bad news, he's bringing 400 men with him. And I can just hear Jacob take a big, loud gulp. So he divides his family and servants and livestock into two groups. So if one gets slaughtered, the other one can get away. Makes you wonder who he put in the first group, doesn't it? <laughs> then Jacob uh, prays a desperate prayer, and here's part of it. Oh, God, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Yahweh, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. And then he asked his faithful God to save him from Esau. Well, it turns out his prayer is answered, and Esau gladly receives him. Now, the word translated faithfulness here in this verse is emet. Uh, the Lord promised Jacob that during these 14 years while he was away, he would prosper, and he did. He, he said, I, you know, I arrived with just my staff, and now I have so much, I have divided it into two camps. So the Lord was faithful to his promise to Jacob. And that's the first thing that we'll discover today about God's faithfulness. God is faithful to his promises. When someone is faithful, you could also say that that person is true, okay? Uh, I, I looked it up. You, you can find several songs with the title, I Will Be True, from all different times and decades, and, or I Will Be True to You. Uh, but it means the same thing as I will be faithful, doesn't it? Uh, now, there are a couple other words in the Hebrew from the same family as amet, and one of them is aman. And that's where we get our word amen, which means that's true. Can I get an amen? Amen. And when someone is true and faithful, then that also makes them trustworthy, doesn't it? You, you trust someone who's faithful and true. 
Well, God led the Israelites through the sea on dry ground, and they watched on the, on the other side of the bank as the, as the waters rushed upon their pursuing enemies. I mean, it was terrible and awesome at the same time. Exodus 14, 31 says, And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust among in him and in Moses, his servant. They put their trust in the Lord because he is faithful to his promises. Another uh, Hebrew word in that family is imun, imunah. Am I saying it right? Yeah, imunah. If I were a, a Lord of the Rings character, I'd probably pick that as my name. Yeah. Imunah. It means solid, steady, dependable. And later, Moses says to the Israelites about Yahweh, their God, he says this, He is the rock. His works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful imunah God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Now, you say that, that, that God is the rock, that means he is a solid foundation. He is steady and true. He is firm beneath our feet. God is faithful. And what God does is always right and just. Now, we know that not everything that happens comes from God. But when God does something, it is faithful and right and just. And that leads us to the second thing that we discover about God's faithfulness, that God is faithful to his holy character. God is the same. God is consistent. And, you know, it's kind of the way it is with, with parenting. Let's say that you are a good, consistent parent, but you still have to treat your 4-year-old and your 14-year-old differently, don't you? You have to say things differently. You have to reason with them differently. You have use consequences differently. But you are still the same consistent parent. And that helps me to understand, in some ways at least, the, the differences between the Old and the New Testaments. In the Old Testament, God was dealing with a nation, and they were a people of their time. They were rough and violent and severe. That's what they understood. And so God worked with them on their level. And like I said before, much of the Old Testament law is about limiting evil. It's, it's less about giving us the, the full, unchanging character of God. Now, centuries later, God had prepared Israel to receive the, the fuller revelation of his holiness wrapped up in the person of Jesus but God's holiness never changes. He is always faithful to his character. In the New Testament, James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. There are no shadows, no darkness, no deception with God. Paul's letter to Titus talks about this. The hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. 
God does not lie. He is faithful to his promises. He is faithful to his holy character. And finally, we discover that God is faithful to you. God is faithful to us. My favorite hymn in our hymnal, we sang it at the first service, is Great is Thy Faithfulness. Now, I'm not saying it's the best hymn in the, in the book, but it's meant a lot to me through the years because there's been a lot of times when I've needed to hear that message. That God is faithful. Uh, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Let's open our Bibles now to uh, the book of Lamentations. Uh, chapter 3, we're going to start with verse 17. And here we find the author, maybe the prophet Jeremiah, lamenting, that's why they call it the Lamentations, lamenting about how terrible things are right now. The, their enemies have triumphed over them and conquered them. Many of their friends and their family were killed. The temple is destroyed, the thing they thought would never happen. And they have gone from prosperity to poverty. So follow along. I'm going to read verses 17 to 20. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say... My splendor is gone, and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. When the situation goes from bad to worse, it can make you doubt God's faithfulness. By the way, here where it talks about the bitterness and the gall, uh, it's borrowing words of plants that were poisonous, and the author is using them metaphorically to refer to his extreme bitterness, his anger. It, it's, it has poisoned his soul. And then, starting in verse 21, something happens that lifts the author out of his funk. So, I'm going to ask you, would you read verses 21, 22, and 23 aloud with me? Let's join together. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Despite his bitterness, the writer regains a foothold on hope. Life has been horrific, but the worst did not happen. He says, some of us have been left alive. And every morning that we have is a gift from God. He says, every morning the Lord is faithful to us, faithful to you. In 1996, our family moved to Lincoln, appointed to start a new church there. And in 2004, uh, our building was going up. And uh, I would visit there frequently to see the progress and just to kind of meditate and to pray. And, uh, and you know, the property, a big part of it was, was an uh, alfalfa field around the church building. And it was on the edge of town. And 
And so when I would go, a lot of times I would hear the song of a meadowlark, my favorite bird song. And um, sometimes it would be on the rafters of that building that we're going up. And, um, uh, and as soon as I, you know, as I started hearing that, that song, it was like a, a message. I took it as a message, a reminder that God is with me, that he is faithful. And, and many, you know, most mornings and Sunday mornings as well as we mo- after we moved into the building, you know, we would come to church and, and we would see a meadowlark, sometimes perched on the, the very peak, the top point of the church building. And, uh, you know, it would be up there proudly, with its head cocked back, just belting out this song. And I would go, thank you, Lord, that you are with me, that you are faithful to me, went on for years. And then in 2010, I was appointed here. Well, in late June, uh, the moving truck brought our stuff. We started unpacking, but I had not started serving here yet. And then uh, one morning, I just, I just needed to clear my head and, and you know, think and pray. And, and so I said, I'm, I'm just going to go for a walk. And really, we didn't even know the neighborhood at all. And so I started walking uh, uh, south and, and just praying, Lord, what am I getting into? So I walked uh, from our house to Upchurch Elementary School, which is close to uh, 168th and, and Giles. So when I got to the school, I said, okay, I think I'm just going to turn around and go back home. And as I turned back... I heard a sound over my shoulder. It was the song of a meadowlark. I, I turned quickly back to look, but I couldn't, I couldn't see it. I couldn't find it. But let me tell you that hearing that song was just what I needed to hear. For me, it was the voice of reassurance that God is faithful. And he will be faithful to me in this new place. And this same God is faithful to you. God is faithful to you. Every morning, his his great love and his compassion are there to to faithfully greet you. Let's pray. Lord, our God, you have proven yourself trustworthy. So we put our trust in you. You have shown yourself faithful. Make us faithful to you. You are faithful to your promises. And so... We rest in your promises. You are faithful to your holy character. Transform us that we may reflect your holiness. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray, and all God's people said, amen.